Welcome to Ascended Masters at Work Radio with your host, Shirlene Reeves, the world's business success coach and author of Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom, where we focus on taking the right step-by-step actions towards generating a consistent business income. Listen in as Shirlene empowers small business owners and her million-dollar business blueprint. On Ascended Masters at Work Radio, you'll discover the secrets to building an effective, income-generating business. Find the answers for selling your programs and products without rejection. Get the solutions for building a strong financial foundation. Coaching with Shirlene Reeves and her guests. How to develop integrated programs so compelling that your clients can't resist saying yes. Now, let's welcome your host, business success coach, Shirlene Reeves. I have a wonderful guest on the show today. He's got the most unique story, I think, that I've heard in a very long time. Because two and a half months after graduating from high school, he was just, what, 18? He started venturing out in the world, and he was in a car crash. It more or less left him a corpse that was hooked up to machines to keep him alive. It literally altered his life. And he was in a coma for six weeks and actually died and was resurrected within the first four days where he had no response to stimuli at all. Nothing. Can you imagine that? Four days of no response to stimuli at all. And he's one of the few in this world that has suffered a separation from his autotomic nervous system. And I'm going to ask him to explain more about that when we're talking. And what it did was it severed three quarters of the nerves going to his brainstem. Realistically and statistically, only one in 10,000 people would be as cognizant as he is at this time based on the severity of his trauma. 99.9% mortality rate for head injuries as severe as his. His brain literally does not work the way anyone else's brain works. I just can't wait to bring him on the show so that you can discover who he is and maybe we'll hear more about his story. Let's welcome to the show. Joseph L. Burgess. Welcome, Joe. I'm so glad you're with us today. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be with you and your, all your listeners. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're right. going to find this very interesting because, you know, that, I hope so. that's quite a warm-up. And yeah. I know that you've been through a lot. Tell us what it was like to be in that space of those four days. Do you have any memory at all? Yeah, um, actually, it was. I have a couple of things I remember. I remember uh, being told about the MTV Music Awards and uh, a Snoop Dogg concert. My physical therapist mentioned it to me, and then she was working with my muscles. And then a few weeks later, uh, I said, or a month later, whatever, I said something to her about it. And she was just blown away that I, I actually heard her because she had never experienced anybody who has experienced that. Most people don't really necessarily have the consciousness. Do you remember, actually, when I was in my coma, 
trying to figure out where my accident happened at. Everybody was talking around me, and I just remember black. But I, I can't really describe it that well because I don't remember it that well. I just remember in just trying to figure out where my accident was at. When I have the memory of my dying, that story is actually good. I left my body. Mm-hmm. I was looking down on my body. It was in the, the ICU room. I was looking down on my body. My mom jumped up from my left resuscitated me nurses came in from the doorway at my feet and then all of a sudden I looked out the right and then I went back into my body that was in my coma for five six weeks in the hospital for two months four more months of therapy I felt very lost I didn't know what was going on I I was very in the moment I guess that that question kind of took me off guard because I, I didn't really think about it and I have trauma, post-trauma and pre-trauma amnesia. That's basically what I remember from that. So you spent two months in the hospital, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And then you had to relearn everything all over again? What was that like? I um, went to a therapy, a physical therapy, with the same physical therapist who had spoken to me. I, went, I was on a Friday. I walked about maybe 100 feet with her following behind me and I was learning to walk and regaining my balance and all that kind of stuff. And then she followed close behind so that I wouldn't, so that she could like catch me if I started to fall and all that. I, mm-hmm. I started, I sat down on that Friday. I actually, I went home that afternoon to my house. I was well enough to be able to leave the hospital and go to stay at my house. Friday about six o'clock when I um, got to my house, everything started to shift. It, my consciousness started alter, if you will. I, and I didn't know what was going on. And it wasn't really anything to me at the time. But then I went to bed that night and I woke up the next morning and I was the exact same way that I had been the weeks before. Then about noon, all of a sudden I entered into my awake stage where I literally felt like I was awake. I felt like I was dreaming. I had no filter when I felt like I was dreaming. So then I went through my... Uh, I started my sleep stage and I went into my awake stage and then Sunday happened and I was in my awake stage just like I am now, just like I've always been. And I went to my neuropsychologist after that and I talked to them about it and they told me that it was probably because of the swelling in my brain went down. And while it was touching my skull, it was like altering my perception and altering all that. My research, my study after that is it was actually the brainstem. And that's where, because that's where my brainstem, most of my injury was, was in my brainstem. That's where you had mentioned the autonomic nervous system. Mm-hmm. Each of us have a, a brainstem. It's the oldest part of the brain. It mm-hmm. controls um, the fight or flight response. It controls long-term memory storage. That's what I severed. The 12, 16 nerves that I severed mm-hmm. was in my brainstem and that was, responsible for my autonomic nervous system being shut off. That's why I had to relearn to breathe. My brain had to redevelop connections in order to breathe. And my ex-wife was having a procedure done. Her hands or her body temperature had dropped. She reached up and put her hand on my back because she knew I was warm. And all of a sudden, it just started dripping with sweat because my brain was rewired it it was my interpretation it was just things are just different what would you say is unique about you i'm so glad you brought this up going through this experience what is unique Mm -hmm. about your thought processes 
I learned it from listening to other people talk. I, I wouldn't know anything that I know if it weren't for all of the geniuses that came before me, all of the brilliant minds that came before me, all of the people who have spent their time learning and studying and all that. I started with meditation. Meditation was my piece. It was the only place I could go where I was me. I didn't have to worry about if everybody was going to accept me or not accept me. I didn't have to worry about any of that. It was my place. That was in my mind. And we all have a mind. The whole we are one, that thing, it, it kind of like stuck with me. I didn't understand it. I, I So I strived to understand how we're all one. Uh-huh. It's So how one person can say, we're, say it, another person cannot believe it. But how is it that both of them are right? We are all connected. Our very DNA is adninguanine, thymine, and cytosine. They're all stardust. It's, it, they're all four amino acids that came from stars. The only difference about us we were talking about earlier was memories. And the memories that a person experiences and a person uses those memories to process the situations of life. That's what makes all of us different, yet that's what makes us all the same because we all process information the same way. All brains do the exact same thing, except we do it in different ways because we're using different memories. Uh, I agree with you when you say we use past experiences to determine the meaning of what is going on in this moment because that's really, we don't know anything when we come No. We know nothing because we've not experienced anything. We have to learn at a very young age. What we learn at a very young age is what we carry on for the rest of our lives. Would you agree? Exactly. You are exactly right, dear. Okay. So when you say 85% of thought is illogical, we were talking about this, for those of you who don't know a little bit earlier, or irrational, what are your thoughts on that? What does that mean? That's the the statistic that psychology uses. My interpretation is 85% of thought is actually beyond the comprehension because based on the fact that there are over, there's almost 8 billion perceptions on this world, almost 8 billion minds on this world. Because ultimately what we all are individually is a belief structure walking around. Mm-hmm. So I believe this. You believe that, you believe that, you believe... We may not all believe the same thing, but we're all walking on the same planet. We're all breathing the same air. We all drink the same water. And so there really is no difference. It's just what a personal agenda is, a personal desire, or a, a personal wish list, if you will. What A personal agenda, I guess, mm-hmm. is the best way to say it. Based on whatever your personal agenda is, that's how you're going to live your life. If you want to live in love, then your agenda is going to be love. If you're fearful in your life and you don't understand why you're fearful, then you're going to live your life fearful because you have no comprehension of why that fear is in your life. It's illogical technically to to be fearful. It's not within nature to be fearful. There's nothing in this planet that uses fear at all to process information the way humans do. We're the only species, yet we're all the exact same DNA. The the only difference between our DNA is the genetic code that makes up the DNA. There are over 25,000 switches that that create an ear of corn, yet there are under 9,000 switches to create a human being. 
So it's more complicated in the genetic code to create an unicorn than it is to create a human. We're going to be right back with Joe. We're going to take a minute break, and then we'll be with you very shortly. See you soon. Hi, this is your coach, Charlene Reeves. And I'm just kind of wondering, are you tired of spinning your wheels at networking groups? I mean, I know you love them, but how much money are you making for the money that you're spending? Do you want to boost your sales and get out of your own backyard? Perhaps you'd like to generate a larger income and create a massive impact in the world. If you're concerned about market competition or meeting sales quotas or overcoming the anxiety of building a business that generates an income, then the knowledge and information in my new book, Selling Through Your Heart, will help you take your business to the next level so you can achieve all that you desire. In the pages in Selling Through Your Heart, I give you my tips, strategies, and sales ideas that I've utilized for 28 years. Every one of them has been tried and tested. I give you my million dollar secret for how I built my nationwide company with 23,000 people working under me. Wouldn't you love to know those secrets? Well, you can get them all in my new book, Selling Through Your Heart. This book is full of real-life insights, inspirational stories, and easily applied advice. Go to SellingThroughYourHeart.com and order your book today. Welcome back to Ascended Masters at Work. I'm with your host, Shirlene Reeves. That's me. And we are here with Joseph L. Burgess. And he has been telling us all about his experience in his car crash, where he actually ended up dying for four days and had no autotomic nervous system. He's learned a great deal in that experience, and that's what we've been talking about. Tell us a little bit more about what it is you've been doing. I've gone to probably four or five different universities and colleges. I failed out of every single one because I couldn't make sense of it. I'd spent hours studying and I, I got help. I had tutors. I had note takers. I had, um, I could tape record my classes with my disability. I could, I got all the services that I could possibly get and I couldn't succeed at it. So I learned that I couldn't read and retain the information. Mm. So actually, after I learned to meditate, it took me to a metaphysical show where I learned to talk to my angels. That actually was the best thing that could have ever happened to me in my life. Making all the bad, wrong decisions, all the bad decisions. I was When I should have been turning left, I was turning right, and I didn't like it. And I was getting in all these predicaments that I was just getting frustrated I literally pull up to a stoplight and I'd ask which direction I, they wanted me to turn if I was supposed to go left. And they'd say yes or no, and I'd, I'd either go or I wouldn't. And then I'd go the other way, whatever. Well, I went to my uh, local library and I asked a question. I was kind of testing them, my guides, my angels, whatever. I was testing them to see how accurate it actually was, see if it would actually do what I wanted it to do, or what I believed that it was doing. They told me the section of the library to go to, so I went to the section. They told me the which aisle to go to, I went to that aisle. They told me which side to go to, so I went to that side. They told me which shelving unit of books to go to, I went to that one. They told me like what shelf it or what shelf it was on. They told me which book it was. Eventually, I got the book out. 
I found out what page it was on. So it was a long process because I had to ask yes, no questions, Mm -hmm. um, meaning that I had to be like, okay, between zero and 100, no. Between 100 and 200, 101 and 200, no. Between 200 and 300, yes. Then I'd have to narrow it down with that. So I would ask yes and no questions, and then I'd find the answer. And to me, it didn't really matter what the question was or what the answer was. I could care less what it was because all it was was a guide for me. It was to tell me that I was doing the right thing. So ever since that moment in time, every single time that I've been conscious of it, I have chosen whatever my gut has told me to do and has never led me astray turned into eventually I I just know what I'm supposed to do so I literally don't do anything on my own nothing is ever my decision I'm always doing things for the higher good I'm always doing things from spirit I'm always doing things for my angels because it's with them that I was saved it's I didn't do anything to save me but I'm, I'm supposed to be here I have things that I have to do on this planet I'm here to help as many people as I possibly can, whether they want it or not. It's hey, I'm here to help everybody. Uh-huh. And so by me helping whoever I help, then those people can spread it out. I look at it like a moth and a flame or a light even. Cause that's where a lot of light workers and metaphysical people, they, get, they, they don't really understand the fact that they attract all these negative people. And that's what moths are. Moths are the negative people. And they want the light. They want the light. They want the light from me, you, the, us, mm-hmm. the people who have it. The negative people are coming at us because they don't know how else to ask for it. So mm-hmm. they're just crying out. They're screaming. You know, they're, they may even be killing themselves and beating themselves up. They may be beating you up and beating me up and all that stuff, but they're doing it because that's all they know to do mm-hmm. because of what they've done in their life and the culmination of their memories. That's really interesting what you just said because uh, I understand what you mean by asking yes, no questions or waiting to hear from spirit or in your case, your angels before you make decisions because that's how I live my mm-hmm. life as well. My book, right. Selling Through Your Heart, was written and channeled based on <clears throat> what I was to tell my audience. So I -hmm. completely understand what it is that you're saying. And I understand also that you're here on earth because you want to help people. Tell me a little bit about how you do that. What is it you do to help people and how do they find you? This is a good question. Everybody should find me. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, to be honest with you, I, I talk to people. I talk to people every single day. People, I'm not scared to talk to anybody about anything because my understanding is I kind of look at life as an equation. When you understand the variables of each parameters of each variable, then it kind of limits the the possibility for what people are going to give you. I have a passion with words and language and communication. Communication is my probably my favorite thing in the world. And then the second Behind that would be probably words and what the value of actual labels. That's something that I kind of discovered early on. It was, do you know I have over 50 words for the word or for the state of H2O below the level of freezing? Mm. For They have a name for snow. They have a name for ice, the layer of ice on top of the snow. They have a name for the caribou pea that's on the ice on top of the snow. They have a name for the wolf pee on top of the ice, on top of the snow. 
So they need to have a way to be able to communicate to everybody X and Y and Z and stuff because of they need to be able to describe what this weather, what the snow or what this ice or what this sleet or what this hail or whatever is going to do for them. So they need to be aware of their environment to the max that they can be. And I took that to the whole of understanding psychology. I had to be aware of what was actually going on in the mind. At first, I understood that we're all ego and soul. We're, and I'm not talking the Freudian ego and all this kind of stuff. I'm literally talking the ego is literally our bones. It's our muscles. It's our everything. It's our memories. It's our um, brain. It's the connections in our brain. It's the 1.23 volts of electricity that's generated from a survival state of consciousness thought. All that stuff is our ego, but then when we have a, but we all have a soul, and we can either accept or deny that soul. When we deny that soul, we're going to be living through our ego and material of this world, and we're not going to perceive the other of the universe. Our soul is the part of us that, in chemistry, is where energy can never be created or destroyed. So that's the soul. It it can never be created or destroyed. And those are the experiences, and that's where karma comes in. I get that, that that we have to put names on everything so we can identify them. We have a soul, and really our soul is our consciousness. We are all nothing but consciousness and experiential memories. Joseph, what is it that you want to leave as a takeaway today for our listeners? I want people to take away from this experience the fact that we are alive, that we live in this moment right here, right now. And what do people do about saying, oh, you know, but I got to go to work, but I got to pay my bills, but, but, but. That's an excuse, but you're alive right now. Mm -hmm. You're alive right now. You're alive right now. You're alive right now. Dealing with what, how you're alive right now is what are you feeling? Feeling positive. If you're feeling loving, then go with that. If you're feeling fearful or nervous or apprehensive, that's where you need to figure out why it is you're feeling it. And chances are you're illogically thinking that way because you're worried. You're probably going to be worried about something that doesn't need to be worried about, like a bill or like a doctor's appointment or getting sick or this or that. Something that is not manifested into this life yet. Until you use the negative energy that you're using to create the negative experience for you in your life. The only way that we can have negativity in our life is because we create it. That's Absolutely. it. We, we allow it. You have control of yourself. You have control of your mind. You have control of your life. Take, and hold, take a hold of it and do something with it to make it better. And if you don't know how to, get a hold of me and I would love to talk you through it. And would you tell us a way to reach you, Joe? You could email me at um, the letters UBU82293 at gmail.com. Well, Joe, thank you so much for being with me this evening. It's just been wonderful having you on the show. You've given us so much insight, and I love, love, love your story. And yes, like Joe said, go take a look on ascendedmastersatwork.com. So until next week, I want you to have a wonderful, wonderful week. From Ascended Masters at Work and your host, Shirlene Reeves. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Ascended Masters at Work Radio. We hope you've gained insights that will change the way you do business. 
generate a consistent income, and provide a new enlightened path toward financial freedom and designing the lifestyle of your dreams. And if you simply can't wait to purchase Shirlene's book, Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom at sellingthroughyourheart.com. 